the future. We don't claim to be experts, so if something inspires you, please do your research alongside. This is a safe place for everyone to speak their mind, so if hearing other points of view isn't your preference, this may not be the podcast for you. Otherwise, drop us a line if you have anything to say, or join us as a guest. Society uh, provides stuff for the individual, and the individual provides things for the society, right? So that's kind of the first level of it, and then the others are like more intimate. Yeah, that's where my head goes first. Yeah. More of like my personal cravings for hanging out with people. Yeah, or, or just sharing. Yeah. yeah. Being around other bodies mm-hmm. it can do a lot. Why there's so many people in cities? Because they must like it at some level. Because what's funny is you can feel very isolated even in a big city, mm-hmm. though. That's true. And some people they know enough people with 150, because that's all they need. You know. Mm-hmm. 150. Mm-hmm. That's like that number that they said for people, humans that they can keep track of, and so it's like oh. the largest natural size of a tribe is about 150. Oh, I see. And when the tribe gets bigger, it spreads out like a cell dividing yeah starts becoming grouped off yeah but then they might stay connected so like um all the lakota there's multiple groups of them right but we would all call them sioux or lakota right but there's actually different clans and families and uh attachments to each other by blood so it's like a bond that can't be broken the stranger over there is not lakota Hmm. he's a stranger well, I guess during the pandemic, I realized that uh, my social need was a lot stronger than I thought it was in the past. Because um, when the lockdown happened, it was just us two. And we were just in the lockdown, and every day we just stayed inside, and we hardly ever interacted with anybody. And we did that for a little bit, but then, like, over time, I really needed to get out and see people. And even though, you know, the pandemic was still going on, I started, like, you know, meeting people outside, like, in social distance. And then eventually it progressed to me just hanging out with people. Yeah, like normal. Like yeah. normal. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go into the discussion of, like, pandemic and how mm-hmm. it evolved, 
like when we like just take social needs or socialization so what comes to my mind is like friends connections festivals going to place travel everything is there in social media all the information we need so it's kind of part and parcel of our life what i feel the strongest when i think of social needs is loneliness kind of drives socializing um but how would you describe loneliness that feeling i experience loneliness still um so with my job i have to travel a lot and so i'm usually by myself like in the airport and then usually by myself on a plane for a couple of hours and then i'm usually in my hotel room and i do this like every single week and i it does get really lonely and i feel like um they say that loneliness is a epidemic that's happening and it's happening a lot more um in modern time no like we can be surrounded by people but still feel lonely right that yeah that's what i was going to point out like when you're traveling you're actually surrounded by a lot of people in airports and planes but it can feel really lonely because you don't know them or can yeah. connect with them the same mm-hmm. that you could with your person like your close friends and family mm-hmm. yeah and i'm and, and in an airport i constantly surrounded by people mm-hmm. and i'm constantly seeing everybody who's like you know with a family and talking to each other and interacting and i'm like eating dinner by myself in another hotel or another restaurant and you notice it and you feel it mm-hmm. i mean and i'm still not used to it that i've been doing this for like 3 years yeah hmm. sorry uh, i looked up the definition of loneliness on wiki and it's an unpleasant emotional response to a perceived isolation or social pain the psychological mechanism which motivates individuals to seek social connections i disagree with the word in that that is unpleasant mm. loneliness can be pleasant like if someone gets used to loneliness if someone starts loving being lonely i feel like it might be a different word if it's not unpleasant like it might be yeah lonely has a negative connotation whereas like being a hermit you being might alone. not be or being alone yeah. like being by yourself being with oneself is not a bad yeah. thing like you should take time mm-hmm. to be still and to listen or to learn to be by yourself and mm-hmm. learn to be by yourself and because and be uncomfortable being by yourself right because then that's how you get to know who you really are right. instead of like being around lots of people or they influence how you feel and mm-hmm. everything. But they also say like sometimes when loneliness gets so bad that you get this actual physical manifestation of it. Um like you get paranoid mm-hmm. and you get nauseous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you overeat mm-hmm. or you turn to drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Kids don't do yeah, drugs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you start talking to yourself because you have no one else to talk to. Sure, well, or your pets. Or you're not, as long as you're not answering yourself, it's okay. No, you can answer yourself. I do. No, oh, that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I do that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, talk to myself. Does the mirror, after I'm like, does the mirror, am I crazy? <laughs> no, you're not crazy. <laughs> Keep you going. I mean, I think loneliness definitely has a negative connotation and myself and others uh, probably feel afraid of loneliness and so that like directs your behavior as well or myself mm-hmm. let's say um you know to go out and make those social interactions but i think even uh, even larger like life decisions like i think some people choose marriage because they're afraid of loneliness or choose to have children because they're afraid they're going to be lonely in the future or make certain longer term strategic decisions to avoid loneliness in the future and it works for the most part 
you know, if you raise your kids right, then they'll be around when you get old. And if you're a shitty parent, they might not be around for when you pass. You know, that would suck. Yeah, it's something that we have, we should try to be comfortable with at some point and process loneliness as opposed to letting it dictate our lives and mm-hmm. make us choose mm-hmm. certain actions. Like, I was really happy for my grandfather because he, when he got to be really old, he started, his health started declining. And he made a pretty good run of it. He lived to be 101, which is pretty cool. But he died in his house that he built, in his bedroom, surrounded by his family. And, like, if you gotta go, that's not a bad way. Like, you know. I think, like, during the caveman times, if you were alone and isolated from the group, you would usually die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like our humans have evolved to where we need to socialize because the ones who yeah. didn't socialize end up dying mm-hmm. and they didn't pass their genetic traits on. So. Yeah, to be banished from the tribe <laughs> is like super bad punishment. Yeah. And like also like to be wandering alone without your people, if you come across another tribe, they're going to kill you because you're a demon. Like <laughs> you're kicked out of your tribe. Like there's no reason for them to assume yeah. that you're a good person. But also like, so. but in today's society, so we still have that need to like socialize but now we're not gonna die because we're by ourselves anymore. But, but sometimes since, it's even sorry. Sometimes it's even like idolized to be alone. Like look at them; they can be alone. They don't need anybody, and mm-hmm. uh, they can be self-sufficient. Some people thrive on that and yeah. try to live that way. Yeah, but our, our genes and our genetics is mm-hmm. not letting us do that. Is it healthy to do it? Yeah. So going back to what Sally had mentioned earlier, how we can find ourselves isolated in our daily lives. Do you all find yourselves isolated in any ways in your in your lives? Well, I do because I'm an international in US. So away from my family and childhood friends. So on a daily basis, yeah. So like an incident, I can tell you that it happened like two months back. I was having dreams regularly that I go to sleep here in North Carolina. When I wake up, I am in my home. My mother is there preparing food and we are enjoying together. This type of dream was coming every day, regular basis. Um, So yeah, on the back of my mind, the effect is because I miss them. And it's not only family or friends, festivals, food. Connection. Connections, Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. So that's on regular basis, and now I guess I'm used to that. So are you still having those dreams? Uh, no, actually not. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it happened last time also, like uh, in when COVID started. Mm-hmm. That that time also it happened. But then there was a long gap. I was having interaction with you guys and all. But we I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's uh, hard to deal with, but now I got used to it. Um, and I make peace with the fact that if something goes wrong at home, I can only be present virtually. I made peace with the fact. It, it, yeah, like there is no other solution at this moment. So yeah, that's my story. It's got to be hard, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it made harder with the pandemic 
Yeah, of course, because uh, in India, uh, in April, May, the situation was very bad. There was a span of two, three weeks when I used to call home and every day I heard someone died. So it, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is, it's a, uh, it was a weird time. I remember one Friday night, um, we have a Facebook group of friends where we plan all the time that we are going to downtown, we are partying or we are enjoying. Mm. So I was having those messages and I did not feel like going. And I was, as a student, I, I just work some, when I feel like working. So I was in front of my laptop, it was 3 a.m. night, and I saw that I'm looking at the screen and I'm crying for half an hour. I don't know when I started crying. And my flatmate was on the other room. I could not tell him because he was already asleep. And on that day, his sister got COVID in India. So um, I just sit there looking at the screen, hope that the crying will stop because I don't have control over Mm -hmm. that fact that I'm actually crying. Then went to the restroom and saw my eyes is full red, Mm. just washed face and came back. I did not call home because uh, my facial expression, my mother will freak out. So yeah, maybe I still don't know what happened on that day uh, to me. Is it because of the isolation, because of the bad news which I was getting regularly from home? I I don't know. But it's compounded. Yes, so yeah, the regular basis isolation you may you may get accustomed to that, but suddenly you may have some kick effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that happens. <laughs> and uh, there is no solution to that. What did you, how did you end up coping with all of that coming down? Um, I started searching for like-minded people. That's the first step, I guess, to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. That, hey guys, I know that there is a pandemic going on. I want to take an informed decision, not a casual one, to meet someone in person or virtually. Mm-hmm. I don't want to waste my time by uh, meeting someone on a regular basis which is harmful for my life. Because, as I said, being a student, I have to manage my time on research and social interaction, like a balance of personal and professional life. So yeah, so meeting people with same mindset, and I'm I'm lucky that now I have a group where it's a kind of large group with different subgroups. They have different activities, which I'm part of, which are constructive activities where I I feel busy but still I'm utilizing that time to do something good. So that, that positive effect uh, helped me to cope with whatever I uh, felt left out of. Yeah. Now, now I feel good, yeah. And um, so I think with our group, the way that we're like structured and set up and the people that you met, I feel like we are like kind of a lucky special case because when you become lonely and you try to seek out friends, like I feel like when as we get older, 
it's really it's harder to make friends like when you're younger you made friends by just oh we're in first grade together and we have the same teacher now we're friends mm -hmm. and like that, that was like through high school and through college it was like we had classes together so we always just saw each other every single day and so then that's how we become friends but then once you get older it's really hard to like really make good friends like there's right now there's like dating apps and there's like meetups and whatnot but even if you met people it's like sometimes they're not gonna like you and you're like why don't you like me and you don't have shared experiences and whatnot so but with our friend group it's like yeah it's we're lucky that we have such a large friend group who all have the same need to socialize and it's just special for us yeah and i think like we spent enough time together during the pandemic because there were times where we literally saw each other like every day and I was just like, oh great, I guess I'll hang out with all these people. <laughs> there were times, I mean every, like last week. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but like, you know, different different groups met more frequently than others, but they, we were still a pretty big group overall. And I think a lot of people um, that I tried to bring into the group were very afraid because of how big we were, you know, because mm -hmm. we were like way bigger than they were used to because they had gotten used to being alone. Yeah. So they were like, oh my God, like maybe one person in the park or two or four, but 30, 50, 100, what? <laughs> you're a super spreader. What are you doing? Like, you know, it's like, and no, then, we all work then, from home. Like um, with our group, it's like, I think we happen because of the pandemic. Because right. like, um, pushed us all together. Pushed us all together. Because like we were the ones who were like, okay, we need to socialize and okay, we're not gonna social distance as much and we're not gonna be as concerned. Well, for me, the reason I became less concerned about the pandemic was that with my job, I was already interacting with a ton of people. And so I was like, well, I'm taking the risk anyways, so I'm going to start socializing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And I mean, like, we all take the risk as well, and we're free to as well, which is nice. Because mm -hmm. some places, you're not. What yeah. was everybody else's, like, inner dialogue and discussion when deciding how to come out of isolation? I never really went in. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Sure. What, what was your um, I personally feel um, guilty about socializing as much as I did, and I feel like a hypocrite, actually. Um, I feel that I did place others at risk with my behavior, um, and yeah, that is uh, something that I will have to live with. Um, I, don't I think, think you're alone I've yeah. also like have levels of sharing how much um, like how much I've told different people like my family versus uh, people at my work uh, for example like again as you pointed out like a lot of our group do work remotely um, are not as exposed perhaps and are also younger and are you know making that same decision of like accepting that risk. So I feel like that's a good part of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel, uh, I'm not sure I'll feel good about it when I look back. Though I am quite happy I met all of you. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, mean, I will your, have not regrets also. Yeah, like it's, I don't it's, know. Your, it's your it's life. Things, you know, so. So. Well, I think we got yeah. lucky. We yeah. got lucky where, um, I mean, we did, uh, get um, COVID during the pandemic and then um, and a couple of our friends did too but since you know we were young um, we all made it through it um, and then after that I felt like for me it was kind of like okay now I've been through it, it made, I kind of interacted more after mm -hmm. I got 
Like COVID. Yeah, that's true. Totally. I was really isolated for first four or five months once this started. But then I realized that I can't stay like this. I'll go insane. <laughs> so I started contacting people through um, online, like traveling app or social media, whoever is willing to meet in person one-to-one not a group i was not sure whether i should meet in a group Mm -hmm. because there were many mixed news going around so and luckily i found a friend she was uh in nc state um as an exchange student her visa was over but uh due to pandemic she could not go back to her country so she was also missing human interaction Mm -hmm. and uh, we hang out one-to-one multiple times we went on hiking trip and beach trip Um, that's how I started socializing again Uh, and then I took like as I said I always took informed decision like what is happening around there are many fake news I I can say but still what what is the best uh, less fake news I can rely on and uh, take some informed decision and try to connect with known people first. Um, yeah, that's how I cope with the fact that I need human interaction. I have to have that somebody to hug, maybe. Right. I, I heavily isolated for about nine months. Oh. And I, yeah, I did go crazy in October. And, uh, and then I had to really question, like, what am I doing? Like, I, and I had to go back and forth with the, the guilt or I want to make mm-hmm. an informed, responsible decision. Like, where do I find the information to make that decision? And, I, you know, you end up getting so confused. You're like, I don't know what's right but I do know that I need to get out of the house and see my friends and talk to people there was another point I want to mention again as an international I miss my family but there is an advantage that I don't have family here so even if I got the virus Mm -hmm. there's no chance it affects my parents so that was an advantage so Mm -hmm. um, as you said uh, Alan that when you look back you may feel guilty, but I think I may not feel guilty because I took mm-hmm. risk on myself, mm-hmm. not on my family. So yeah, there are two perspectives. Here. Yeah, I think like people that might have had to live with their parents because if your job isn't there anymore, you can't pay rent, then you have to go back to your parents' house because there's nowhere else for you to go, right? It's out of homelessness or... Uh, downsizing or whatever if you have the assets but a lot of people went home and then they were you know that's a huge much more risk if your parents are old and you're living there than if you're not so how did you leverage social media during your isolation I uh, organized a lot of events and got called a lot of names and then I said okay guys well Can I join those events? Yeah, Yeah. come through if you want to. I'm going to do it, regardless of if anyone's there or not. With social media, that is a form of, like, interacting and connecting with people. And some people use that a lot. 
but I think it's also bad for us because that's not the connection that we need as humans. I think we need like physical connections and like seeing somebody, but it's like, you know, just talking to somebody through social media. Oh, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, I have, uh, I was in a group that watched movies together through uh, we did that too. social media oh, yeah. and yeah. chatted. Yeah. That was really helpful. Mm-hmm. And then we started talking about these topics through social media and online, which was really helpful. Oh, I used to play like online games, like code names and all, with my friends in Zoom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that I used to. Yeah, like um, some of our friends who were like more cautious during the pandemic, um, like they were living with their parents and their parents had like immunocompromised um, systems. And so, and we still interact them with them like online. So we'll watch movies with them. We'll have like calls Wait, with them. Yeah. We started playing Steam, which is like an online um, yeah. gaming platform. Yeah. And then we also played um, like Among Us. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, also yeah. good too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had um, our holiday, we met um, through Zoom. And at first I was unsure about it. Like I, I organized it and got it together because we weren't going to see each other and I was in person. I was like, what am I going to do on that day? Like, we got to do something. And we ended up being able to see more of our family members that lived further away that we don't normally get to see. So it was actually yeah. a yeah. kind of nice thing, a nice thing to do. Yeah. We had yeah. a Zoom Passover. Yep. An interesting observation is like, you know, gamers are usually seen as loners, but I think they're some of the most social people that there are because they have such a large and diverse community because if you're like a gamer you're like gaming with people like all over the world mm-hmm. and during the pandemic they're like they're probably like the group who are less disrupted because when you think of gamers as a let's say you're not an online gamer um you think they stay in their room and they they're loners right and they are by themselves but in reality you know they're they spend all day by themselves yeah but they're like solving problems together they're like the team they you know they're friends and the pandemic comes and nothing changes for them they're like oh this is just my everyday life right and i have all my friends i still have they've been training for it yeah Yeah. Yeah. they're ready so i I heard of people like when everquest was big uh getting married on everquest and in real life at the same time but the thing with gamers is like yeah so i understand that part where they actually are not loaders they do have like multiple interaction with people but that's online what prevents a gamer from using that same skills that they have online in the outside world it's just not as engaging because games are um fantastical you can do anything you can fly with your friends you can you don't you can you can conquer other planets right but you can do that in real life too you can like what's that lpg thing or or the role-playing games where you make your fantastical world right and then there's also dungeons and dragons and you're wherever you want if you don't like the person you are in your life you can transcend that in a video game, yeah. especially an RPG. You can be an elf right. or a You can be an elf, you can be someone. You can be powerful, even though in your life you have influence. Yeah. Right. Uh, so like, so gaming is like more of like a escape. It's, it's an it's escape. Like a, yeah. It's a, like a different alternative version of you. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I think in the future, some people, you know, with um, virtuality and everything, people will be able to escape totally and you know, you don't even need to have a job if you're good enough a player. You can make a living, like let's say World of Warcraft. 
there is like an in-game currency. Yeah. And if you're good enough, you can, well, even though the, they have gold they farms like that, and, yeah, they have gold farms sell, in China. Yeah, gold yeah. for real money yeah. and everything. And yeah, and people have gotten married on there. They've yeah. met and they never met each other in their life. They even they had a, a really cool thing married. happen on WoW where there was like a glitch or something. And it acted like a virus where it like killed people and forced them to oh, drop yeah. things and stuff. I forget the Horde or the Alliance, one of them snuck into the main city of the enemy and spread the virus around and people's characters yeah. got crashed and stuff. And, and so that's an end game pandemic. Yeah. And it yeah. behaved just like a regular pandemic. Mm -hmm. And they actually use it to like help study yeah. how pandemics They turned it to a study. They studied how pandemics spread using, using mm -hmm. that virus. how the players died. Because the low-level players died very quickly yeah. and the high-level players, they survived. But I guess also with, with games, like, I mean, there's no negative repercussions on your choices that you make when you're playing a game, right? There if is. You, I mean, if you're playing an RPG, you're part, you can be part of a clan or a group. Mm -hmm. and, oh, and so you get shunned from people, Yeah, you can get shunned, you can get kicked out. Yeah, guilds <laughs> yeah. and the like, yeah. Those are really big. And that's how like you go on raids and do all the like higher level fun stuff. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just kind of grinding, which gets boring after like level 20, usually. Right. So. I mean, there are very real consequences. You can get banned from the game, which, mm -hmm. you know, is devastating. I mean, some people have thousands, tens of thousands of hours on a game. Right. Are you or do you all think that you will continue to use these resources now that um, restrictions are lifting and everybody's getting back to? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there is a virtual fatigue. People are like yearning to reconnect in person. Yeah, definitely. Because we've always yeah. been connected online even before the pandemic. And good time to have a podcast. And that turned from, you know, maybe 30% to 100%. And now we're just tired of it. And I've noticed amongst my personal circle that there was a spike in social media, quitting social media during the pandemic. I think that's because, and I wouldn't expect that you'd think they'd be more likely to be on social media because that's the only way you can connect. But there are some people like, now that there is so much going on on social media, it's become a lot more intense and I'm just taking a break. Taking a break from socializing during a pandemic is an interesting uh, phenomenon. I feel like we leverage social media to augment our social interactions in real life. Like our whole chat is like a way, like the fact that our group is so big is because we have a chat to organize people. We have events that event pages that can organize people Definitely. in it, like big groups of people. We're, we're like I think that's a big reason why the group is so big. Yeah. yeah. And then also with social media to help augment, like um, we have Facebook and so we can just get someone's name and then we can find out their whole life story. Well, <laughs> whatever they put up there. That you can remember their name. You that can helps remember it. their name. Yeah. And, and you can reach out quickly. Yeah, you can reach yeah. out to I was able to reach out to y'all. Slide yeah. into. Yeah, and then like, so then you can, you can follow them on social media, and then when you see them in person, you can be like, oh, yeah, I saw that you went camping the other day, that you can have like conversations, conversations with them. Yeah, so that's how... Um, Definitely. Our friendships and relationships. Yeah, I, I do that. Like, when I meet someone, I typically ask them for their social media profile if they have any before meeting them if i'm meeting like a new person uh, it may be a date or it may mm -hmm. be a friend whatever it is i try to get their social media first before meeting 
so that I can have an idea how their life is and their conversation starters already mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. from my side. Like you said, that yeah. someone went for camping yeah. or hiking. Yeah. And it also helps us augment because like, you know, like you said, we can only know 150 people, but now I feel like we can keep up with more than just 150 mm-hmm. people. Some people have thousands of people on Facebook and they don't have to like interact with them all the time. But if they follow them on social media, yeah, like I just reconnected with someone I hadn't talked to since college or right after college probably because uh, I saw that he was had a garden and was fishing and stuff. And I was like, oh, sweet garden. Good job, man. Like, have you checked out this method or that method? And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, no, I haven't. And like, we talked yeah. about gardening and it was nice. And yeah. like, you know. I meet a lot of people in the music circle around here through Facebook. And one of my friends kind of picks at me because it just so coincidentally when I was with her, Three or four times in a row, I would meet people that I hadn't met in person. Uh, and, and she was like, do you have friends in real life? Or like, <laughs> you just meet everybody on social media? I was like, well, I meet a lot of people on social media. And then we cross paths in real life, and we already know each other. Yeah. Much. And then we, like, the thing of with social media, it also makes things less creepy. Like, if you haven't talked to somebody in a while, and mm. then you saw their posts, and you're like, oh, I like your posts. And then they're like, oh, yeah, thanks, even though I haven't talked to you in three years. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's, it's not as weird anymore. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Because if I haven't seen someone for a couple of years, I just friend them. Because I just feel like they mm-hmm. have, like, they can appear into my life remotely, and that's kind of, like, creepy. Um, especially like college friends that I haven't seen in years and they're, they're like, probably well, wondering what happened to Lyle like why did he unfriend me that hurt me yeah. <laughs> it's just weird because I don't mind just... like old friend reaching out to me like one of my high school friend his marriage is coming uh, like next uh, September I think so he reached out to me. We have n- not talked for last seven years. But he was like, when you are free, just shoot me a text. And I was like, okay, what's up? And then he gave me the news and sent the invitation letter. Yeah. So it was nice. And That's really nice, man. Yeah. Yeah. He values your friendship a lot. Yes, yes. So really cool. I think without social media, that would never have been possible. Because think about the like 1970s or 1950s. Say someone is in US and seven years there is no contact with the high school friends staying yeah. in India. Phone numbers change. Yeah. The dress changes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, exactly. Like in the, in the past, we couldn't find people anymore. It's like if you lost contact with them, be like, oh, I don't know where you live. I don't know how to call you. I don't know yeah. what to write you in a letter. I shall have to so. take my horse and find out. <laughs> <laughs> What news from over yonder? Exactly. So it, it's helpful. <laughs> so like our group is like a futuristic group, right? Manifest a future. So, and we are talking about pandemic, how we cope with that. But thanks to the technology, we had the ability to gather resources, right? Mm-hmm. Think about the last pandemic. Say everyone refers to 100 years back, Spanish flu. So how... Well, even just the information gap, the lack mm-hmm. of information yes. that you would get just not knowing what's going on. I don't know, maybe it's better that way. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, because even though we have all this ability to like send information, we still get misinformation. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of muddies the waters. But now there's like an overabundance of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like problem. Well, but then you also have like different people competing for um, 
their own narratives that they're selling. You know, like mm-hmm. Fox mm-hmm. News has their own agenda, as mm-hmm. does NBC, MSNBC, or whatever the ones are. Oh, really? Anybody does. Yeah. I mean, in, anyone who's selling you news is selling you news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're going to sell you what sells, and what sells is the bad stuff, because people have a predisposition to pay attention to yeah. the bad things. And create fear. And, and create fear. You've got a really mm-hmm. good audience. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing to, like, vet all these information that mm-hmm. you're getting. Mm-hmm. Like, the gas shortage was unnecessary, because... You know, we had you know, fuel, which just like everyone yeah. rushing right. fuel at the same time. Right. That, yeah. That's what caused the shortage. <laughs> it's the news that caused it. It's not the actual yeah. pipeline right. shutting down. Well, I mean, a hacker did get paid $5 million, yeah. which is pretty dope. Golly. Pretty dope. Yeah, so I guess that's the bad thing. It's like, um, I'm going to talk about the same witch trial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like during fine. that time, I guess when there were misinformation, it only could expect, uh, impact that small group of people, that small village where everyone was going through the same witch trial. Um, but now, with this, it can affect so many more people. Um, I mean, maybe some of those ladies were witches. We don't know. <laughs> we'll have to go back there and ask them. Going through the pandemic and navigating our social needs during that, you all feel like you're more attuned to those things and needs and have a more of a resource kit to fill those now? I definitely have more control on myself. I can say that. Like before pandemic, I had a craving on a regular basis to meet someone and uh, like without socialization, I, I had feeling I will not survive. But then next five months, there is nobody in my life. So I got used to it, had control over myself. Now I can say no when I need to say no, mm-hmm. if I have some work which needs more priority than going to a social event. With that, um, I feel like as you get older, you become better at socialization. Like you learn, um, like over time, like you, you lost friendships or you lost relationships and you learn to like, you know, do things differently to like nurture them and like take care of them. Hopefully. Yeah, I've become more aware of certainly boundary setting, like Shank was saying, and also uh, more aware of who I'm accepting to be around that I invite into like my energy circle, and being more cautious with, um, like you're saying, prioritizing my time too, like asking myself, do I need time for myself right now, or do I need time to go out? And I feel like when I do get those loneliness feelings, I have more of a healthier toolkit to turn to now than before it would have been more of a knee-jerk reaction to do something unhealthy. So I feel like the stint of time of loneliness, being with it and understanding it, I think I'm, um, I've created a more of a tolerance now for it so that I have more time to think to myself and decide uh, how to fill my needs in a healthy way. I struggle with it sometimes. Um, I feel like I'm a people pleaser and I'm always trying to make people happy and um, I like socialization and also setting boundaries um, to like socialize but I feel like that's just going to be a long-growing learning process that I have to go through and so interesting anecdote uh, during the pandemic it was like my most shush, the most social period of my life so really? yeah uh-huh. I've really so you guys are like uh, how are your life has changed like pandemic and oh yeah what were your social needs at the beginning but like i grew up like i'm the only child so i pretty much grew up alone 
Um, so being alone is the normal state for me. Like mm. being social is the like abnormal. I think the majority of the friends that I have now or people that I've met during the pandemic. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, I'd probably not have those many friends. I'd be able to just have like a single digit number of people that I hang out with. Wow. So this is, like yeah, like on MySpace or something. What? Uh, MySpace had a top eight. So yeah. I, uh, I can't imagine yeah. only having a single digit amount of people to hang out with. It just seems yeah. like Yeah. I mean, anything more would be like overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. But I also think like um, the friendship that you made with Pandemic, um, also it's like it's due to the people that you did meet. Like Bagsby and I, I feel we um, have a large circle and we're constantly like creating events and like doing things. Yeah. And I think if you did meet other people in the pandemic, I don't know if that would have happened. No, I mean, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I'd never go through something like that because yeah. like, my know, social needs would be fulfilled at like work because hmm. that's all I need. And at the end of the day, I'd be, you know, by myself because that's when I get to be by myself afterwards I'd never like go out and hang out with like 20 people you feel comfortable and relaxed when you're alone more than with other people oh yeah for sure yeah Yeah. how do y'all see our social interactions and needs evolving into the future well for me over time I'm trying to have a baby and I feel like once that happens I'm gonna focus my attention on my family and my baby and I'll probably interact with everybody a lot less Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm But I, but the people I am close with, I do want to um, stay in contact with them. And I think, like in some ways, the technology has really uh, developed and matured this past year because, like Skype has been around for a long ass time, and yet everyone Zoom calls or whatever, right, or whatever the other apps are. So Skype really dropped the ball, and they're probably not going to be around as a company uh, for much longer. But like, like my sister's in England, and she had a kid, and like. I've seen lots of pictures and video chats with him, but it's weird because like he's going to be turning two, and I've never met him in person. But like I know him, and he recognizes me, and he's like, "Hey," and I'm like, "Hey, buddy," like you know. But it's, so it's kind of hard. But in the past, you might get a letter, with a postcard, or mm-hmm. you know, a picture, and then that would be it. Like you would have that picture, a physical picture in your hand goes in the family album, <laughs> like, write down some information on it. Well, you know, and then, you know, if someone's house is burning down, they grab the family album. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like all the memories, all the attachments, right? Yeah. That, that's about family connection and what you refer to is like past to present. Mm-hmm. But when we think about like present to future, so putting the family discussion aside, other than that, I think a lot of people will try to become influencers through social media. So that will be a new vibe mm. which people will crave. When it comes to social needs, many will seek uh, an ability to socially influence others. I think there's a need for that too. Like people that don't have a path or direction in mind kind of crave. Uh, finding people that they can listen to or, or follow or, or learn from. Yeah. Mm. But sometimes I've seen like, be- someone 
without having that much idea on a topic still try to put a video maybe on mm-hmm. the YouTube that is a difficult thing especially because in the West we believe in like or at least in America we believe in freedom of speech and that means that you get to say that the earth is flat and be wrong but you still are able to say it and um, you know I think they have sensors and stuff now to fact check things and they hire the right people to do it but I think things like the flat earthers are something that probably wouldn't be possible before the internet just because let's say you grew up in some random city you're not going to find that critical mass of people who believe the same thing as you do to create a community Mm -hmm. You need the web in order to like reach that global audience and get enough people. Like, well, they're not millions of people. Right? There used just to be. A few thousand there used people. to be like local gods and such, and you would, yeah. you know, the village would have a shrine, and you'd go there. Yeah. And but what are the odds that if you have a niche belief, which believing the earth is flat is a niche belief, like today? Yeah. You wouldn't like be able to. Um, Form like, a group around that. What about the people that believe evolution or creationism? Right? Yeah, right, but that's on, not a niche belief. Well, only because on, they have so many followers of their idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends but, on your influencing yeah. power. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So the influence, social influence, mm-hmm. that is going to be critical when it comes to social media. And it can be measured yeah. as well. But, like, I think but it's going to start out. I think it already has started yeah. competing with the news coming up to it that has. level where people are turning towards uh, alternative news mm-hmm. yeah. but I feel like the power of like influencing others has always been a part of like history mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not just like social media that has like yeah, that agree. made it easier um, it I think easier. like it reaches yeah. more people that way through social media yeah mm-hmm. but it's also like how are you going to use that um, power to influence people some people use social media become influencers and use that for monetary gains but some people use that um, power of influence to like do good and get movements out there like or become a king or, or emperor king or, a, or you know over so it depends on like how you use that influence yeah. or you could become Hitler and yeah that's also like a thing like yeah. a lot I mean, of that's the, a lot of those people thing. didn't think that he was evil at the time probably right because yeah. if you I mean, very had, few people would willingly do evil things right mm-hmm. you'd have to trick them or something right or yeah. think that it's make them know that it's the right thing yeah, technology also enables like a less homogeneous society in terms of like beliefs. Cause you know, like hundred a hundred years ago, if you you believed the way the things that you grew up in and what your society believed, and if you grew up you know in the south, you'd have conservative views, and because if you were an outlier, you'd You'll be shunned, essentially. But now well, all the other can th- be... minds thought the same. So it yeah. wasn't like you had a lot of options of minds. It was, hey, Steve, how's it going? Pretty good, Bob. Like, how's but the farming? But all the minds are like <laughs> co-located. But now you can be like in the middle of, let's say, you know, Cambridge, Massachusetts, and you the earth, earth is flat, and it's fine. you're not lonely because. You have, you have millions of people who agree. Like, who agree. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys remember the Westboro Baptist Church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are people who, like, hate gays and, you know, go protest at funerals and everything. So one of the girls, like, one of the daughter who grew up, she was grew up with those beliefs by, like, her family and her friends and her church 
that was like telling her to believe that. But she actually got out of the Westboro Baptist Church through social media because she found somebody who was who who like, um, I guess helped her or influenced her to see no, there's an outside world who does not have the same belief as your family, and I feel like in the past um, you couldn't do that if you grew up in like an isolated world where. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. Pros and cons, right? You can. Your money is expended, but you're also exposed to a lot of more things or and otherwise to viruses of the mind, right? I mean, yeah. some thoughts are not right. Like, I like to, I'm not equating those things, and what I'm about to say might be a little bit controversial, but um, compare what's happened in like Germany during World War II and contrast that with what's happening in the Gaza Strip right now, right? So, we didn't know about the Holocaust until after the war, right? right. Like the soldiers went there and they saw all the dead bodies. Yeah, dead sure. bodies. But now, let's say a child dies because of an airstrike. A few minutes later, we already know about it and there's an uproar. So it is a lot less likely for someone to get away with something just because you got the world at your back. For the most part, humanity is good and they don't like seeing innocent people be victimized. So yeah, you can see what's happening in Gaza Strip, and you know we can catch them doing that. But if you live in a like if you live in China where they control the media yeah. and control what you see, um, and then make you, sure that you're loyal to the yeah. state. And that's why China is trying to like have its own internet and block off right. Facebook and Google because if you control or if you can seclude your population from communicating, right. then they can you can have. You know, the concentration camps that they have. That's kind of the line of thought that I was having, that um, the pandemic really, I think, was a catalyst for people realizing how quickly they can form groups and uh, organize uh, events for certain uh, motivations. And I feel like that's going to continue and get stronger and stronger with larger groups of people. And then it will be, uh, I feel like it'll be then uh, a balance between or even a war between news and government and organizations of, of people. A lot of companies, I think, who have tried to go by how things have always been done in the past are running into problems with um, how interconnected we are because, you know, Frank in the boardroom might be an asshole and then maybe he gets him fired because someone else hears and then there's an up, upset and then next thing they know, the company's getting all these emails saying, fire Frank. Right. You know, and Frank was just making a joke or he was just... Uh, you know, talking freely because he thought he could speak freely in a closed room. You know, because he thought he was with his colleagues, his friends, people. See, but now today, in today's world, Frank can immediately create an organization or a group by right. himself that can then retaliate. And I think that that power that we have to fill those gaps can be seen as scary for some. But I think that, like we were saying earlier, the majority of the world is good, so I feel like there's just as much good that can come out of that too. Mm-hmm. The pandemic really challenged me with like sitting with myself and appreciating time alone. So I'm hoping that in the future, 
I can disconnect more in experimental amounts of time uh, and, and be stronger uh, in a balance of when I socialize and when I spend time to myself and being okay with that time to myself, hmm. those long periods of time. But then also, like, too much socialization is also really bad for mm-hmm. you, too. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you socialize and make tons of friends, but you're not really connected to anybody. And then you, so then you're like, oh, now I have lots of activities and lots of friends, but no one really knows me. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. friends that do that, and they, they still feel desperately lonely, even though they continually surround themselves with quote-unquote friends of theirs. Mm-hmm. Any other ideas of how we might fulfill our social needs in the future? Any new technologies or? Well, like um, something that is happening to fill social needs for people who don't like physical interaction is um, we have like um, online friends or like, you know, um, virtual girlfriends and virtual boyfriends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> AI. Oh, yeah. Also have only things. <laughs> Spice and beans. Yeah, and that, that's becoming a thing now. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we're already like seeing a counterculture to like all this tech and socialization stuff, right? I mean, there are colleges, not colleges, there are schools in Silicon Valley that multiple of them were, you know, they're not allowed to use technology. Like, you go there and you have a paper textbook and mm-hmm. you have a pen and a pencil. You don't have a computer. Right. Now. Mm-hmm. Still Internet. now? Still now? Yeah, I mean, that's the purpose of the school is to... Yeah, they're intentional yeah. to not let them mm-hmm. have the technology. And there. the kids, the parent of the kids who frequent the schools are tech executives. Well, they know because how addictive it is. You know, they yeah. purposely make it addictive. Right. But another example of how technology can be bad for you and, like, socialization is um, you, you have all these... Um, social media and way to like talk to people and you can be completely unanimous or anonymous and so you could like say something to somebody and they don't know who you are mm-hmm. but in real life you would never do that you would never right. call mm-hmm. somebody yeah. out and say all those nasty things to them to their face i mean you might but, <laughs> but you gotta you might, but knock most, if you both people won't you know it's kind of like right. the new age masquerade because that's what mm-hmm. they did in masquerades back in the day right you wore right. a mask and you were able to then Secretly say things. things and a lot of women used to dress up as men and they were able to actually have opinions and be taken how serious. dare they no. <laughs> yeah. so yeah anonymity uh, on an online setting is is very useful for a lot of people mm-hmm. or not useful <laughs> no but talking about like what sally said and bagsby like having someone virtually like virtual boyfriend or virtual girlfriend having like subscribing to someone's only fans so these are the things which people got used to during pandemic at some point they are going to come back and again crave physical interaction maybe in terms of a toy or in terms of a real person but it has to have some physical attachment i wonder how it might be the same or different for younger generations that are being raised you know with yeah. only virtual reality friends or companions i think they might be more depressed because um another bad thing about social media is that you care about the likes and you care that your information is out there 
And so they're going to grow up like comparing themselves to people on social media and be like, oh, they are happy and they're living this great life and I'm over here. Just a regular Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, though, if there's an adaptation that the younger generations will have where, you know, we had more of personal and in-person physical connection with people, but generations that are growing up now haven't started so much with that. So I wonder if there's an adaptation adaptation where maybe they become more comfortable with that as opposed to being around people. You know, and I think things like OnlyFans or a lot of sex workers, they um, create this intimate bond with the person, and that's what keeps them coming back and paying more and, you know, doing all these things because um, it's like a drug you know, for, for the people that don't have it. Yeah, and sometimes it can be yeah. more just for connection and not so much about sex as it right. seems. Yeah. It's just having another yeah. person's attention and having some intimacy with somebody that you feel, you feel cares about you. Right. Yeah, and so that's... Really in that sense, thing. I feel like the subscribers mostly... Uh, I don't know whether I should use the term, but they're kind of losers in their life they don't have many friends or someone so they try to try to have the fulfillment through those platforms by paying someone i i know those examples where people just try to hang out with someone pay 200 dollars nothing like no sex no date just talk Mm-hmm. For two hours. Just have a person in there. Yeah. Can they, you can get paid for that? Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, <laughs> I, got, I got a new job. I'll, I'll see you all later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. psychiatrists are kind of like that. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they have cuddle time, too. Oh, yeah, yeah I've seen that. Yeah. Just get non-sexual cuddles from somebody just to have some physical connection. Yeah, and like in Japan, they have those maid service places where the maids flirt with you and you pay them. And we have hooters here, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. so. What's up? Maid so, service? And in um, Japan, they have so many weird things. I think you can hire, like, mothers to, like, be your mother, mm-hmm. like, today. Yeah, so they'll do the dishes and scold you really? to do your yeah. homework. Yeah. Some people this are really weird. But, like, on the other end of that spectrum... Um, they're, are you talking about those like losers? No, they're not necessarily losers. Like I happen to know someone who like is you know using OnlyFans, and uh, she told me that a lot of her clients are truckers that spend a lot of time alone. Like they have money, they're not losers. They're making a good living, but they're on the road and they are driving you know ten hours a day or twelve hours a day. And they're away from their families, but you know they're normal people who just you know they're and they're truck and they just need <coughs> someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so I wouldn't call them losers. They're just yeah. In I didn't want to mean it literally, right? but I, as I said, like yeah, they are craving. Yeah, it's a human need, right? That's human the whole point of this conversation. You need that. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs water. This yeah. enables us, <laughs> enables them to get that, and. Also, it doesn't necessarily isolate you. Like, there's the other end of the spectrum where um, there's this argument that technology and, um, like, dating apps make it harder to maintain relationships just Mm -hmm. because it provides you too much connection. Now you have all those options. Like, Mm -hmm. well, a couple years ago, a couple decades ago, you'd, you know, 
be friends, fall in love with, and marry the person who lives in the same town as you. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, all of a sudden, you have all those options, and you don't have. You know, you're more prone to um, not work on your relationship as hard just because. Well, if that doesn't work, there are like grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Yeah, well, you yeah. Have so it, many it, choices. In five minutes, I can get a date. For, like, I mean, for a girl, maybe. It's not that easy. <laughs> it's not yeah. that easy. Well, like, you have so many choices that you become paralyzed and you don't yeah. know which one to choose. You That's can't paralyze yeah. anymore because, yeah. you know, it's all shallow. But going back to um, the question that you asked, which was, um, how is it going to be different? Like, we are children who grew up with interacting with others, while the children growing up now are, like, interacting with each other through social media. So maybe what's going to... Um, happen in the future is that um, the physical landscape will change. Like uh, like right now, malls are dying, and malls are dying because like no one's going to malls anymore to interact um, because we're all interacting online. Or maybe parks will die in the future because like no one wants to go to a park and hang out and interact with people. We're just going to be hanging out in online chat rooms. So maybe that's how our futures will be affected. Well, we have less interactions. Yeah. I mean, places. look at what's happening now. Horror kids being mm-hmm. like once in a. It's not even our generations. Like since whenever offices were invented, probably like mm-hmm. yeah, ever since the uh, cities were a thing, right? So, horror kids never gonna be the same for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. you know that's a bad thing. You don't you know get that socialization, but that's also a good thing because. You know, now you can live with you or you can, you know, take care of your parents and work for a company on the other side of, of the country and you couldn't could do yeah. that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe we won't have to, like, you know, have so much land and space and we can give it all back to nature. Yeah. Because we, we don't need offices. We don't need well, I mean, things, depends on how much soil and green you want to consume. But, you know, <laughs> there's a, there has to be a limit. There are a lot of natural fundamental systems that we can use to maintain a balance and to have um, uh, plenty to eat for everyone. You know, I mean, the, there's infinite space and infinite energy just off-world. It's not infinite space and energy. We live in a world of, like, very finite resources and we're all competing for the same... There's an infinite amount of... Uh, real, relativistically, compared to what our lifespans are, it's an infinite amount. You will never run out of... Whatever yeah, you want. We'll, we'll run out of oil. We'll run out of... You won't run out of oil. You'll just run, out run low. <laughs> you won't run out. There's. We might run out of water. We might run no out. way to run out of water on the earth. You just have to adapt and move. Yeah. I mean, if... Okay, let's say we run out of water, right? That means that there's a giant red sun that's about to consume the earth because there's water in the rock. Like, you would have to boil the... Like, melt the planet to run out of all the water on the planet. And even then... You're not destroying. Oh, the water. we could like destroy the water supply by polluting it. Well, then you'd have to find ways to unpollute it. I mean, there's a workaround. Yeah, but around. maybe we could run out of water before we find a solution. I think that the yeah, I think once right. you light the fire under, you know, your preferable, but people will work harder. Like we got a vaccine in record time because like, people wanted it. Because people needed it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was. So it like usually takes a, yeah decades it's, like it. Oh my gosh, it's just like the fastest ever, right? Yeah, when it's a threat. Yeah. Well, and we also had the technology to do it, right? We had CRISPR, we had all these other tools. That yeah, but you're, you're saying had. we have technology now. Imagine all the technology is going to have in like a hundred years. Right.
This subject has come up a few times in our chats. Climate and environmental change can be pretty scary. Let's gather some info and try to ease our minds. We'll see you then.